So, Andrew, to what extent do you think driver safety is currently overlooked? I think it's overlooked far too often, to be honest. I think one of the challenges we face is that there's there's vast differences between the way that some companies consider it in terms of a priority and and, and others. Um, I think, you know, we see some doing the absolute bare minimum and some going the extra mile. And, and sometimes that can come down to even internal politics, some people thinking it's important and then that person may leave the business and all of a sudden um, we can we can see a, a downturn. But I mean, you know, for example, I, I had a call with a client recently, quite a large utilities client um, with their health and safety team and, and asked, you know, what is the road risk um, process that you go through when, a, when an employee comes on board? And they just said, well, you know, we check they have a driver's license and give them the keys. And that, and that was said in, in quite an unapologetic way. And, and I think by the end of the call, when we talked about the driving proposition and, and, the, and the benefits that can be got from something like that, I think there was a bit of a dawn of realisation of like, mm, actually, um, you know, that's something we should be thinking about. But I think one thing to add would be a lot of people who drive for work drive to the place where they need to carry out the job and we see a we see a big difference between those who are driving for work where the driving is the main task so deliveries or transport or whatever and where driving is a means to an end and, and seen as just the mode of transport for getting to work but they're both equally as important and, and obviously both come with with similar risks it sounds like from what you've said there, some people in certain businesses maybe aren't bought into the importance of driver safety beyond just purely the safety of the driver. Um, can you explain in a little bit more detail about the wider um, effect on businesses when it comes to driver risk management? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I agree with you. I think there is a difference of awareness. And I think that's where organisations like yours and mine come in, in terms of that education piece. But I think those who get the wider impacts can see genuine benefits when it comes to things like customer satisfaction. So things like on-time deliveries and, and brand reputation and also employee satisfaction. I think that's a massive one for me. You know, a big part of road safety programs is about making employees feel valued and giving them the resources and the help that they need to be safe when they're behind the wheel. And I think sometimes it's easy to slip into the trap of oh, I haven't got time, or, you know, it's difficult, oh, I haven't got time, whatever. And actually, the rhetoric needs to be flipped around to sort of say, look, this is not about time or effort or whatever. This is about looking after you. This is about keeping you safe, you know. Um, so I think particularly in the current climate where driver shortages is a real challenge in the global market, never mind the UK, that just means that employee retention is even more important. So yes, everyone will think about the usual things like, oh, do we need to pay them more and that sort of stuff. But actually making an employee feel valued can, can create much greater, um, greater employee retention than, than just paying somebody more money, I would say. And getting that increased employee retention really helps you when it comes to the sustainability of the business. Um, but can you explain in a bit more detail how driver safety links to the wider sustainability piece? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think this is, again, a bit of the education and prioritization side of things. So sustainability, we've seen almost catapult to the top of the agenda in the last 10 years or so, 
versus what it was like before. Um, so it's about making the link between sustainability and, and safe driving. So, you know, some of the things that we track in our telematics um, proposition, so we have an app-based telematics uh, offering, is things like speeding, harsh acceleration, harsh braking. They are proven to use more fuel if, if drivers are engaging in that sort of thing than if they're driving in a more defensive and, and, and safer way. Um, that obviously, if we can make that link between road safety and helping the environment, that's that's great. But then there's also the pound shillings and pence piece. You know, fuel costs are rising all the time as well. I was having a conversation with uh, a German client on Monday and he was literally saying, we're seeing fuel costs go up on a monthly basis. So if there's anything you can do to help us with that, then that would be great. And it's actually simpler than people think to just you know, reduce those things a little bit across an economy of scale in a medium to large fleet can, can have a, have a major impact. Um, and sustainability is something that I think is, is forming a key part of the education piece that we really want to really want to work on with, with clients. Getting that buy-in from managing directors and senior peoples in companies often means you have to bring in the bottom line um, and you've touched on it there can you expand on how driver safety really links into the bottom line impact of a business yeah absolutely i think there's a lot of hidden costs when it comes to this sort of stuff um i mean one thing we we do quite a lot of research and, and in part of the research we we've done recently we came across some stats which I, I wanted to mention, which are quite interesting. So um, the average cost of a minor incident is 16 times higher than the cost of the related preventative measure. And for a serious incident, it's 48 times higher than the cost of that pre preventative measure. Now, that's one of the challenges we face in, in, in road safety service provision and risk management is, oh, you know, the cost. But actually, avoiding one two three collisions can pay for the whole program twice over no problem whatsoever so i think that's you know one of the first things to get a to get across the line um there are obviously various savings that can be made around things like injuries time off work uh, vehicle repairs i think you know in the uk market particularly you're not going to find a fleet policy that's zero excess so, or at least you'd be very unlikely to find one. I shouldn't say that as definitively, but you know what I mean. Um, and so even if you have a crash, even if you're insured, which obviously you have to be, that doesn't mean that it's just going to wave a magic wand and all the costs have gone away. So putting things in place to reduce those costs and have an impact is, is a major one. And then I think the final one I wanted to mention on this point is, is brand awareness. So, you know, one thing that we can't quantify on a, in a bottom line sense as such is something like brand and the importance of brand. But if listeners were thinking about when they're on the roads, either driving for work or just on the roads generally as a, as a sort of observer, so many company vehicles are branded. And you'll even see regularly on the back, please call this number if you have concerns about the way I'm driving and that sort of stuff. If a vehicle that is branded by the organization is involved in a major collision at fault or not and is seen there on the side of the road if it's a major incident it can it can attract you know associated press um, coverage and that sort of stuff it can be catastrophic to a to a 
to a business, particularly if your business is driving. So if you're supposed to be delivering things in a safe way or driving people, for example, and you're seen to be not taking driving safely, seriously enough by association because of a collision, then that can be really, um, really detrimental to, to brand awareness, which, as I say, could have longer lasting impacts than just a, how do I, you know, tot up the cost of this claim. I'm getting a real sense of um, your passion about this area, Andrew, just by the way you've articulated that point. Um, do you feel like we're really making progress now in the UK with driver safety? Yeah, I think I think we have made some progress. I think, you know, there's there's a few different areas of progress. I think thankfully vehicles are safer. You know, manufacturers have done a lot in that space. Um, and there are a lot of businesses that are getting on the, the sort of road safety bandwagon, if you like. Um, but there's still a long, long way to go. And, and I think, you know, one thing that we are continually trying to educate on and, and do more on is is phone distraction. So Yes, we may have made some progresses in some areas. I think the more a phone can do without sounding too geriatric, the more likely people are to use it while they drive. Um, you know, and I think making it so that people are aware of the um, the severity of what can happen there. So, you know, for example, you use your phone while you're driving, your concentration is affected. And the research we've been involved in shows that it takes 28 seconds for your concentration to return to the level that it was at prior to that phone usage. Now, if you're traveling at 70 miles an hour, you're traveling over half a mile in that time without concentrating properly. A lot can happen in half a mile if you're not concentrating in the right way. And you know, we just can't stress clearly enough that putting education programs in place. So, you know, whether it's e-learnings, uh, we do micro e-learning. So two and a half minute videos via our app platform um, that trying to find new and different ways to engage through gamification to get drivers to get this into their minds. So that it's like, OK, I don't think I need to, to do that. Um, and, you know, to, to give you an example, I was talking to a client the other day and they were talking about the frustration of the fact that our platform gives them a negative risk score when they're using their phone for calls when they're driving, because that's become such a key part of his sort of way of working, as in I'm in the car going from site A to site B, and I'm going to get some calls out of the way. And again, it's a real education piece. This, this guy is, is the boss. And he's expressing these frustrations to us and therefore is clearly accepting of the fact that that is something that employees may do. And so we really need to work on that and sort of say, is it essential to do that call? We know for a fact that your concentration is affected if you're, if you're on a call during, uh, you know, a drive. So what can we do to stop that? It's not just texting. It's not just checking the football score. It's even talking hands-free, you know, any kind of phone engagement can have a negative impact. So, so yes, in answer to your question, I think progress is being made, but there's still a long way to go. Brilliant. And Andrew, I know you've had some experience working on driver safety with companies in emerging markets. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, certainly. So I think this is this is important and, and relevant to, to even to the UK market. So I think when it comes to road conditions, 
emerging markets can can cause a whole nother level of problems um, when it comes to to road safety. So we've we've had some success working with clients um, such as GSK in in India um, on a on a two wheeler proposition. So reducing injuries by over forty percent in their in their driver population of over a thousand drivers. Um, and I think that's something where we have to learn from the fact that from a budgetary perspective, from a road conditions perspective, from a capability perspective, if markets that are still growing, emerging in a very different way to the UK are able to put investment into this sort of thing, make impacts and take it seriously on behalf of their employees, then then we should too, you know, from a, from a UK perspective. So I think, you know, in the same way that I think it can work here, one thing I've already mentioned that we've worked on a lot in our emerging market clients is, is using the gamification. So getting drivers to be engaged in their local language. You know, a lot of propositions like this are, are English or English. Um, we're in 45 languages and, and growing. Um, and I think that's something where engaging with the drivers in a positive way, emerging or developed markets, it can, can really have a, a major impact. And we've touched on the cost of what could happen if you ignore driver safety. What's the potential ROI that companies can get if they invest in it properly? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's about really forensically looking at this with a client if that's the aims that they're going for. So we work with clients in different ways. I've got a client at the moment who's very much just focused on we have employees that we want to keep safe we've got an emergency response proposition that they're very 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 keen on that we've just launched and the ROI is less important for some companies particularly smaller companies it's really important to be able to say okay we are making sure that every penny counts in our business so what what benefit are we going to get here from a from a, a commercial perspective and there's no harm in that right there is no wrong or right way of looking at it so in terms of return on investment we see savings from factors like reduced cost of vehicle maintenance uh, reduced fuel we've already mentioned uh, reduced time off work um, obviously reduced collisions which is which is the major potential cost even if if uh, if vehicles are insured and you know as I mentioned earlier in the conversation it only takes one or two crashes to, to blow a massive amount of money and I think if anything it's about thinking about what's acceptable to a business. So I saw um, Break, the, the road safety charity that we work with, um, published something recently saying that, that they've got an ambition to get UK roads, uh, road deaths to zero by 2050. And there was one phrase in that that really resonated with me, which was the only level of road deaths that's acceptable is zero. And I think even if you take it out of the con the uh, the conversation around death, which is obviously you know extreme, in terms of collisions, you almost see it as a business as being par for the course. And I think, particularly when it comes to the insurance conversation, it's okay, how many collisions have you had? And it's like it's almost expected that collisions will happen. So it's about switching that round and sort of saying we're going to put this in place so that we absolutely minimise the number of collisions and really try and try and bring that down. So. I think it, the the ROI will take care of itself if this sort of program is, is put in place in the right way. And leading on from 
the discussion on insurance. How can companies work with insurers for cost savings when it comes to driver safety? I think it's important to work with with both the insurer but also the broker. So you know, a lot of the vast majority of, of mid mid to large fleets in the UK will be will be um, insured through a broker. It's about having that the right conversation with the broker to be able to say, look, what can we do to improve our um, our road safety position, and and how can that have an impact on our insurance premium? And I think one thing that we at eDriving really try and put forward is that it's not about just having, for example, a telematics proposition for the sake of it, so as to get 10% off your insurance premium. It's about being able to put a comprehensive risk management process in place, which comes with training and in time investment um, that can demonstrate an impact. And yeah, an impact's not going to be demonstrated in three weeks. You know, it's going to take time. But in terms of that insurance conversation, being able to say, this is our risk management provider. These are the processes that we've got in place. Here's the exported report, for example, from, from in our case, from our virtual risk manager platform that shows the training that our drivers are doing and the et cetera, et cetera. All goes towards making the risk to an insurer more attractive. You know, I've, I've spent my, my career in the insurance market in one sense or another, and it's it's not easy to insure fleet. You know, it's a complicated and costly class of insurance and one that is is quite minimally risk managed in a lot of cases. You know, we've talked already about the fact that people don't take this as seriously as they should. Um, I think it's important to recognize that by putting risk management in place, you're setting yourself apart from a lot of play, a lot of other players in the market. And therefore, there's no reason why your broker shouldn't be able to find you a competitive premium on that basis. So just as like a roundup of what we discussed today, Andrew, I feel like a lot of smaller companies might be somewhat intimidated by the thought of implementing a driver safety strategy, maybe viewing it as something that's only really necessary for the FTSE 100s and the larger yeah, yeah. industries. Um, what are your tips on particularly how SMEs can get started with a driver safety program? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's about taking it one step at a time and identifying what you want to achieve. Um, from an e-driving perspective, we've just launched uh, an SMB product. So uh, for small, medium businesses, which is inclusive. So it's not multiple providers of multiple things. It's here's a toolkit and a product set that's going to help you from, from day one. Um, obviously, there are other solutions out there in the market, but I think it's it's important to engage in something relatively comprehensive that can give you the help that you need. Because I think, you know, from a tips perspective on SMEs, SMEs are not going to have a road safety manager. You know, often the CFO, if you like, is also the risk manager, is also the insurance buyer, et cetera, et cetera. So it's about looking in the market and saying, where is some good value help that I can get to make some impact here and think about some of these key things that we talked about today. So things like employee satisfaction, employee safety and retention, that's something which we talked about bottom line. If you can make an impact on that through a road safety initiative, then happy days. You know, that's, that's something that can, that can really make a difference to a business, even if it's five, 10 employees, you know? Um, so yeah, I think it's nothing to be intimidated about. Um, and it's something where you can really make a genuine impact to people's lives. I think our mission statement, if you like, in closing, 
is really about getting people home safely every day who drive both for work and and on their personal side. So getting people home safely every day is the responsibility of an employee to a, an employer to a certain extent. So that's something I think everybody should take seriously. SMEs are large and uh, yeah, you know, happy to happy to help as and when we can. Awesome stuff. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Andrew. Where can people go if they want to learn more about the stuff that eDriving do? Yeah, absolutely. So eDriving.com uh, is is easy easy to find. There's loads of resources on there. Um, I can also share my contact details. So it's andrew.barrettclough at eDriving.com. Um, very happy to, to have emails, calls with with. Um, you know, with your your listeners um, to talk about what what your challenges are at the moment, um, and uh, you know, absolutely no no hard sell. You know, I think it, sometimes it's just useful to get to get a different view on uh, on how this sort of thing can can work and how it can be successful. So, very happy to help and 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 very glad to be on the on the podcast today. Brilliant, thanks, Andrew. Thanks, David.